And it feels good to be around other people who just kind of get it. And again, it's it's like you're in those spaces, but like nobody thinks things are just being handed to them. Girl, I am so fucking tired, right? Of entitlement and lack of accountability. Amen. Amen. No one's gotten this out of me, Annie. Only you could get this out of me. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the utterly fantastic Amanda Abea. Amanda is an award-winning content creator, keynote speaker, and business coach who specializes in helping business owners activate their persuasion prowess so they can make more money and live a more affluent life. Her clients go from hating sales and marketing to achieving 90% close rates and closing multiple five-figure deals. Her work has been featured in Forbes, Huffington Post, Business Insider, Univision, and many more. Prior to teaching marketing and sales, Amanda spent a decade as a financial writer and wrote content for companies like Wells Fargo, Discover, Credit Karma, and more. She's also partnered with companies like Capital One and TransUnion in financial education campaigns. Finally, she's also the Amazon bestselling author of Make Money Your Honey, which is also the name of her podcast, and has created a community of over 60,000 people across her social media channels. Quick note on this episode, Amanda and I are very old friends who have not caught up in quite a while. So that parentpreneur advisory I always give you about language, let's upgrade that to uh, drunken sailor levels for this episode. I know you're going to love it. Here we go. Amanda, my old friend, legit old, like we cut our entrepreneurial teeth together as babies in our 20s. And here we are. I'm so excited. Probably. I'm, I can't, like, Annie. When I saw the I notification mean, come through that it was Annie Ruggles, I was like, Annie Ruggles? Right? I, I remember you before that. you were married. <laughs> I know. You knew me as Annie Just plain old Annie Passanisi. But here we are together. And again, finally reunited and it feels so good. And I get to ask you the question, which is, What do small business owners need to focus on this week? Sales. The same thing they need to be focused on every week. (laughs) I already could kiss you. We're one sentence in and this is perfect. Tell me more, baby, because this is the thing. You knew me when I was Andy Passanisi and you knew me before I loved sales. You knew me when I was- Well, you knew me before I loved sales. You knew me. Like I didn't even, like, I think both of us came up together in terms of the sales thing, right? Because I hated it when I knew you. To our credit, we were adorable 20-year-old babies with a lot of gumption. And we got way more done 
than all the other 20 year old babies on the market. And we're still here. I was going to say, we're still here because how many people have quit? I, I was thinking yep. about that the other day. How many people have quit in the last 11 years? And I was kind of going through a little bit of a list in my head, but Annie and I are still fucking still here. fucking <laughs> here. And yep. now both of us, and part of the reason why I think we're still fucking here is because we have both fallen in love with sales. So tell me more. Why do small businesses need to focus on sales this week and every other week? Rant at me, baby. Because with sales, you have absolutely fucking nothing. You have nothing. I, I speak to women business owners every week. We, we help women specifically with sales because I feel like the men have all their resources available mm-hmm. to them for learning sales. Mm-hmm. And I actually learn sales from men and dudes and I love it. Right. Yeah. But I also feel like there's a need in the marketplace and I'm like, great, I'm going to go fill the need. That's what entrepreneurs do. And I speak to women every week and I'm sure you and I, I know I went through this. I'm sure you went through this where it's like, we will focus on everything else but sales because sales seems terrifying. There's like two things people, well, maybe three things people don't want to do. They don't want to be visible because they're terrified, right? They don't want to do sales because they don't want to come off as pushy, but that just means they don't understand sales as you and I now know and realize, right? And they don't want to look at numbers because of what they make the numbers mean. Right. And, And the numbers that matter are not the numbers that we think that matter. And the growth that matters is not the growth that we think that matters. And it's like, yeah. So we look at the numbers that are easy. Like I'll look at my Instagram following and be like, hey, I assign value to this. But then I won't look at like my profits and lodge statements. Yeah. And both of you and I kind of, you know, we're both creative. I think for both of us, this is something we both have had to learn. Right. Yes. Which I think is fantastic because I, I, I think you were the same way. I was like, no, nah, I'm a creative person. I don't, I don't do numbers. I don't, I don't do that I don't shit. Need systems. I don't, I don't, I don't need what systems. What is that? Like, <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, we, oh, God, I love this. I love this because it is so totally memory lane, but yes, I mean, it's you and I, and I still think this is so important and I'm, you know, yay for Simon Sinek and all that. Like, as little adorable entrepreneurial babies, we were so wide driven and that's gorgeous. And that's awesome because it really lends itself to creativity and to authenticity and transparency. Like we were ahead of that curve showing up as ourselves back in the Dizzy. But the thing that you're totally right. And I was completely the same way. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to tweet when I feel it's, Inspired to tweet, and it's like, bitch, just tweet. Oh, girl, I'm so glad you just said this. I will have conversations with women, and they'll be like, okay, I'll invest in this when I'm inspired to invest. Like, bitch, I am not inspired to spend all day long in my DMs, right? I I don't wake up inspired to do that. Right? right? Inspiration is bullshit. Can we just talk about this for oh a second? God, Inspiration yes. is complete bullshit. Yeah. Let's talk about this. Right? And I also think kind of emotionally immature, if I'm being honest. Well, yeah, it's like, right? um, you know, one of our beloved mutual friends, Coach Jenny, the whole thing is motivation is a crack of crap, right? Because it's, it's that idea of like, ooh, let me wake up this morning and write web copy. Hmm. Oh, joy of joys. Let me go like ask my team what their stats were for yesterday and fill out this report. No one's fucking excited to do that. Well, that's not true. Some people are very excited to do that. I'm not excited. I'm not excited to, to do, do that. that. No, right? I'm ex- I'm excited to be on podcasts. I'm excited to talk to people. I'm excited to create. I'm not excited to do half the shit I have to do. Or at least I don't wake up excited about it. I think but, that's, but that's, that's the, the main core. Thing. Like, 
That is something that I'm so excited. And we both have been talking about for over a decade now, which is that entrepreneurship is a fucking job. Yeah. Self-employment is hard. Running a team is hard. Showing up for yourself each and every day is freaking hard. And everybody though is like, oh, I'm going to make a billion dollars in my bathtub. And it's like, okay, yeah, you could make a billion dollars in your bathtub. But in the meantime, you got to go be like, hey, did y'all make any calls yesterday? Let me go check in with my accountant. Ooh, hold on. My scheduled tweets aren't going out. Let me figure out what's up. Why is my website throwing up a 404? Or this client's having an issue. Great. Customer service or this thing broke or that thing broke. I tell people all the time, you want to make money, just solve problems all fucking day long because yep. that's all entrepreneurs do is you solve problems all fucking day long. That's yep. it. A hundred percent. One after and the next, after the next. And like you said, after the- fill the gaps. Fill the gaps, right? And then that's how you make money. And what's interesting is people, um, I'm sure you're familiar with Grant Cardone. Oh, right. Right. One of my sales mentors, right? Him and a few others. But one of the things- Well, Seller Be Sold is just perfect. It's 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 the broiest, most masculine book in the world. And it's still amazing. It's so good. I did a post about this. Actually, the people who think Grant Cardone is a bro is because they don't understand sales. Right. Right, but it's that good kind of bro. Like it's, it's not, that good kind of bro. It's not like bro, bro. marketing, like, but it does. It's have... not bro. It's not bro marketing. He is very no, masculine. It's bro yeah, sales. I, like it though. Like... I do too. <laughs> I, I mean, here's the thing: is like we number one. I'm like I'm a feminine woman. Go on, Grant Cardone. With Go your on, Grant Cardone. Mas- Go on, Grant Cardone. Yes, right. And I've been to his offices. Listen, there is something about men in suits. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. No complaint on that. But I think... no complaint. There's something very powerful about well-used masculine energy and the go out, be tenacious, get it, solve the problem, be bold about your value. Like one of the main things I learned from Grant Cardone, which is so completely like still important in my day-to-day life is that if you're getting pricing objections, Money objections are going to happen because everyone money is relative to everybody and money is your world and you know that. But it's like on top of that, if people are giving you price objections, it's because you haven't been clear about the value they're receiving. Case in point, bottom line. And that radically changed my perception of pricing. And, And I've always loved playing with pricing math and bundles and tiers and all this other stuff. But if you're getting pricing objections, it's because they don't understand the problem that you're solving and the value they're in. So you got to be more clear about the value on your end. And I'm like, see that though, that is very brilliant masculine logic. If they're getting, if they have questions, you're not being clear enough. Bam, done. Done. Right. Or it's just the number, like the math about it. Right. Like, oh, you you your pipeline isn't full enough. Like this this is just a math problem. Yes. At the yes. end of the day. Well, I would and so few people actually talk about pipeline outside of a men. sales pit corporate environment. Outside right. of outside of men or outside of a corporate sales environment. Here right. comes Amanda in the last couple years who's mm-hmm. like the translator for the women. That's yep. kind of how I love it. That stuff changed my life. And there's two things I wanted to say about Grant, because you actually brought this up where you said that, you know, entrepreneurship is a job. I heard him on an interview recently say that he he works for the company. Like, yes, his name is on it. Yeah. Right. But he worked that. But it's like its own entity. And he works for that entity. Yeah. Right. And for me, that was like a game changer in my head. Like, oh, I'm an employee, just like my employees. 
Yeah. Mike Michalowicz told me something similar. He's like, I want you to stop referring to yourself as a small business owner. And I want you to start referring to yourself as a shareholder. Yeah, I'm a shareholder. Woo! Yeah. Uh, but to that point, again, very masculine thinking. One of the things that I'm constantly asking my clients and their quest to non-sleazy sales, uh, especially women and non-binary people, is in this moment, are you showing up as a person or a business? Because there is a time for both. Yep. And, but there, there is really huge amounts of time when you have to show up as a freaking business. And if you treat yourself as a shareholder in a business, you're like, look, I, I got these bounced payments. I got to go collect these things. Am I showing up in this email person or business? The first one person, the first one, I'm going to send an email being like, Hey, it's Annie. Your payments are bouncing. Are you cool? Is your house on fire? What's going on? Oh, I just outsourced that shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the second one, I'm showing up business. If you don't get back to me, I'm like, all right, give me my money. Yeah. Person and business, right? Or right, to your point, and- grow your business and outsource it so that you can actually just have the business take care of itself. That's my goal. I joke that I want to fire myself. Now, the thing is, here's where oh, I, I, I would have fired that- myself years ago. Right. Here's where I have a conflict. And this is where that quote that Grant said, which had to do with what you said earlier, made complete sense to me. Right. Where I have a conflict between I want to fire myself, meaning I want this thing to run without me to do what? Who the fuck knows? Right. Because but then when I have too much time on my hands, like my brain goes into like these catastrophic things that don't even exist. Right. And all I really want to do Right. It's like, how do you fire yourself and be the employee of your business at the same time? Because yeah, both valid. are true. Both are true. So many hats. So many hats. Right. So that that's one of the things that was really helpful for me. And then back to this whole like, like I did a, a reel today that was like, here's the problem with the online business coaching spaces, particularly for women. They're teaching you a bunch of marketing and manifesting, but no one's teaching you how to sell and close a fucking deal. Thank you. This is why I have a company. Right. All the marketing in the world is not selling. If you were in a corporate environment, you would have a marketing department and down the hall, you would have a sales department and the baton would go back and forth between the two of those things and then eventually get handed off to a whole other department called customer service. But while it's all internal, it all gets so blurry that so many of us, because of the stuff that you were talking about before with the numbers and the metrics and the dopamine hits with the likes and the blah, blah, blahs, we go, oh, marketing fun, marketing shiny, marketing connected to dopamine, sales, uh, advocacy, uh, needing to put price tags on things, uh, needing to negotiate, uh, you know what, I'll just keep making reels. Yeah. Or throw money at Facebook ads before you've done any of the groundwork. Y'all, I'm so tired of giving Zuck money. <laughs> like, ugh, that's just another side tirade for a different day. But like, I mean, one of the things, like the myths of profit, right? We see so much about, I made all of this money. I made all this money. And then you look at how much people are spending on Facebook ads and you're like, you can't claim any of that as profit, Boo Bear. You didn't make that money. Zucky made that money. You know, and I think this is where strategy matters. And I got to this is goes back to that masculine energy. I've learned this from the men. Right. Or I've learned this from women who hang out with a lot of men. (laughs) Right. Or who were mentored by men. I run Facebook ads, but we run it to a paid offer. Yeah. Our customers are paying for our ads, not me. Yeah. Yeah. It's direct. It's like, okay, here you go. Right. And even if they weren't, I know how to close. And my team knows how to close and we know how to do sales, right? 
And I think there's a, a big misconception in the online spaces. Like, first of all, everybody's teaching marketing strategies that worked in 2012. <laughs> Let's start there. God, I love you. I just love how no <laughs> fucking nonsense you are. It just makes me so, you're so good. Let's fucking start heart, there. Annie and, Annie and I were there. Annie we were and there. I were around. We saw we, it. We right? were there. Yeah. 2012. No one's updated their fucking shit. Like (laughs) we were there, which is why, which is why I don't teach marketing strategy and I stick to marketing psychology and sales because it never changes. Well, and that's the other thing too, is (laughs) that like, well, I mean, and, and I have now sunset all of my marketing and branding teaching in, 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 in complete lieu of sales. I'm only teaching sales. Some of the other stuff comes up otherwise, but for that exact reason, Find a gap and fill it. You and I are both like, nobody is teaching sales. And especially nobody is teaching masculine, the good kind of masculine sharky sales to women and to non-binary women. people and also yeah. non-turbo men, right? But it just, I think that's so key. And you are also one of the very first people I knew to confront another of these really big skeletons in the closet. And again, this was years and years and years ago. You were the like the first person that I knew that was like, let's talk about money issues. Let's talk about people's trauma and baggage and crap about money and then make money or honey happen and, and all of these amazing things. When did you start to wake up to the idea that people have such a hard time with receiving even when they're overgiving? I mean, because I did it. Yeah. I lived it. And I was like, oh, fuck, something's wrong. Actually, I had a full circle moment. You're going to love this. I don't know if you saw it. Um, So back then when I was a mess with money and I just had this brilliant idea, what if I talk about money on the internet and get paid to write about money? (laughs) Turned it into a whole career for eight years, which is how Make Money Your Honey came about. And I was a financial writer for a long time. Um, You know, and I've done brand influencer campaigns for big financial companies. Uh, but really, it's because I went through it myself. And one of the books I read that really changed my life um, was Overcoming Under Earning by Barbara Stanny. Oh. Now known as, as Barbara Hewson because she took on her husband's name. Well, I taught her membership um, class. I taught her membership course a, a class on sales yesterday. So I had like a really big full circle moment. Like, Barbara, you changed my life so many years ago. I <laughs> love it when that happens, though. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> I just said so Pam Slim. I saw the last time I saw Pam Slim oh, before Pam she podcast Slim. live uh was at WDS in 2011. 2013 at WDS was the last time I saw her. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, we're still here. We're still here. We're still here with all this fucking bullshit out here. We're still here. I love how you and I just talk about the reality of things because, like, I'm so tired of the marketing and manifesting bullshit. Like, look, I I love marketing. I love marketing. I love manifesting. I do the visualizations. I make sure my head's in the right space. Like, I'm always postulating. Like, everybody teaches that in sales already anyway. Right. Right. Like if you if you get sales training, they're teaching you a bunch of fucking manifesting, too. Right. Like, you can't get on a call without having thought through the call. You can't get on a call without that win attitude, assuming the no beforehand. That's technically manifesting. We're not anti-marketing. We're not anti-manifesting. We're just super pro keeping it real. Yeah. Super pro keeping it real. 
So a lot of times women will like yesterday I had someone telling me they're like, oh, man, I just really don't want to do sales. I hated it when I was in corporate. And like, that's the only thing that's really like keeping me from working with you. Oh, there's another thing I'll tell you. Right. Because you'll appreciate it. Um, And she and I'm like, well, yeah, duh, you hate sales. No one taught you how to do it right. (laughs) Duh, you hate sales. You have a skewed perception of what that is based on times you were sold to horribly. Or And you were trained horribly. Right. Corporate people are taught to sell terribly if they're taught to sell at all without just having expected to just osmosis it. And then the other thing that I talk about all the time with sales baggage is door-to-door sales as kids. Yeah. I mean, I bet you were amazing at that. Were you amazing? Actually, I didn't realize I was good at sales until like, actually, um, Coach Jenny is the one who picked it up. We love you, Jenny. She was like, uh, you know, you're selling at your job every day, right? And I was like, I'm doing what? Speaking of bad training, I had no fucking idea. I had been in sales type positions since I was 20 until I was like 25. Yeah. Nobody told me. Nobody told me because we're not. I do think that there is some gender stuff to that. There is this idea of like, well. Amanda's going to do all of these beautiful, soft and communicative things. And it's like, well, Amanda can do that. And then can also turn around and close a freaking deal. Yeah. I like doing both. It's hot. Right. Anyway. Mm -hmm. But then the other thing that that person mentioned to me, which I thought was really interesting. And I do, I get this from women a lot, actually. They're like, you know, you're like too much for us at first. Right. And I'm like, yay. (laughs) So I hear all the time. Right. And the the thing is, like, I hear these things so often. I'm like, yeah, we hear that all the time from people that we close into our program. So what? (laughs) Right. But one of the things I'll hear, and this is really interesting. I'll hear a couple of things, which is like, man, we wish we were more like you. And that's why we can't do this. And I'm like, do you all think I was fucking born this way? Right. Right. Like this takes. This takes muscle like we we're us. We've been us. But the tenacity skin thickening, dealing with stupid ass trolls. Like, I mean, in 2019, I co-hosted a collaborative event and one of the feedback responses came in and it said, and they're anonymous, of course. And the thing, the negative feedback, it was like a really negative review. And it said, Annie is obnoxious. She takes up too much space and I wish women would take up more space. Do you know how many women I have in my DMs apologizing to me for telling me their things? And I'm like, I'm literally here to help you. Please. I literally asked you to DM me, brah. Like, but yeah. So I got this thing that said like, Annie is obnoxious. I think I cried for a year. Really? I think I cried for a solid year. But then 2020 happened and I was like, oh, this is dumb anyway. So everybody kind of went into hiding. And when I came out of hiding, I really started asking myself, what obnoxiousness could do for me. Because if I'm going to be here, if I'm going to be loud, if I'm going to do this and I'm going to be me and I'm going to show up and be as brave and loud and vocal and advocate as I can be, right? What can obnoxiousness do for me? And I think this very podcast is an example of something in the post-obnoxious era that I'm like, okay, Yes, I want to have a great podcast, but I want to keep it real. I want to tell the entrepreneurial truth, not to dissuade people from doing it, but, but so to that know, they know what you're getting yourself into. Yes, and to know yes. that on a bad day, you're not doing it wrong. It's just hard. And, yeah. and in addition to all that other stuff, then we'll talk about Real Housewives. Great. 
awesome, fine, who cares? But like, I, it's not that I'm, I'm now impervious to haters because I'm absolutely not, but I don't, I think I can safely say that I've cut my morning period down from a year to about an hour. That's really good. But I, I mean, I seriously, I was terrified of everyone for a year. I, I let myself get really quiet for a year. In in retrospect, it was good because I think I needed that time to kind of hibernate and heal and figure out. But I also had to take that time to hibernate and heal and be like, wait, I have two choices. I can gloss over the parts of me that I've worked so hard to accrue. Or I could lean into it and just be like, all right, so somebody out there thinks I'm obnoxious. Uh, let's go make some other people think I'm obnoxious too. Hey, yo. Oh, I like that. Yeah. You know, I've had, I've been thinking about this because, um, you know, I spent two and a half, we could, I could have a whole other fucking podcast conversation about going from being self-employed to running a company. That is, oh, whoo, boy. that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Right. Hardest three years of my fucking life. <laughs> right. But well worth it. And, you know, now we're more on the other side of that, where I have definitely have more of a CEO role. I was just telling you my job yeah. now is to blow up the front end, yep. basically, right? And manage people, yep. right? And and that kind of stuff. And I still have to do stuff, obviously. Like, I can't abdicate responsibility or anything like that. But I was thinking about this a lot because I'm like, I'm kind of a freak, right? But like, in a good way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking tenacious. Yeah. I know what I want. Yeah. yeah, I haven't busted my ass for 11 years trying to figure out this stuff and become the person I've become to only stop here. Like that yes. doesn't make any fucking sense. Yes. It makes no sense, right? Like everybody wants to be a unicorn, but I really like your idea of being a freak. Well, you know what's happened, right? Because I live in Miami and like Grant Cardone stuff is in Miami and they have a bunch of events here all the time. I've had the pleasure of going to events because I don't have to get on a plane. They're like yeah. right there. Right. And I did the 10X ladies event on the yacht. And I was like, oh my God, we're all a bunch of fucking freaks. I love hanging out with other freaks. Yeah. Right. Yes. Or, or um, I interviewed someone recently who lives in Miami. Right. And then a lot of people in Miami are in the Grant Cardone. I mean, your juice. entire state is freaks. Florida is just a yeah, whole state exactly, of Exactly, right? But I was interviewing him on my podcast, or he was interviewing me. I don't remember. We interviewed each other. It blends. Right? It, yeah, exactly. And then um, I forgot who mentioned um, Grant or whatever, but one of us did, and we were both like, <gasps> and then we had this whole conversation about how we're completely high-performing freaks. Like, yeah. we just do not, like, we know what our potential is, and, like, we it, it bothers us to not meet the potential. Like, I don't fucking understand it when people (laughs) are like, oh, I'm just cool. I'm going to be great with where I am right now. And I'm like, that makes no sense to me. Like, no judgment, no judgment, right? I'm just saying it makes no sense to me. Somebody needs, okay, not even somebody, Amanda, you need to buy (laughs) highperformingfreaks.com and you need to turn that into some kind of platform brand because A, that's hysterical and B, you know, I'm always like, put it on a tote bag. If you put the phrase, high-performing freaks on a hoodie, I would wear that on the (laughs) daily. Like, that is a brand that I would gladly self-identify. Hold on, I'm Googling it right now. Come on. There's high-functioning freaks. Okay, all right. Well, I'm going to do that right now. I like high-performing freaks. Thank you for the idea. Oh, my God. But that's what I realized. We went to an execution workshop. I brought one of my employees who lives in Miami with me. After two days, she was looking around. I was like, why do I feel so good here? And I'm like, congratulations, you're a freak. 
Yeah, congratulations, you're a freak. And you're in, <laughs> not to get all Hamilton-y, but you're also in the room where it happens. When you're, you're around with people getting stuff done, that is electric. That is electric. real energy. You can chart it on an fMRI. You can see the brain waves bouncing off of people and it's intoxicating. It's intoxicating. It feels so, so good. So yeah, I mean, I think I just had to come to terms with the fact like, yeah, you're kind of a freak. Your role has changed in the business. So like, how can you use that freakness, right? In your new role, because you're not pounding the hammer, like you still work, but you're not doing what you were doing before. It's it's shifted and it's changed. Like I said, I could do a whole other podcast episode just on that transition. But how do I use that to my benefit? And I'm like, oh, I'm blowing up this front end. Blowing it up. And fill that pipeline. 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 Yeah. Blowing it up, filling the pipeline, aiming higher. Here we go. Yeah. Right. So so I was like, oh, okay. Right. And and it feels good to be around other people who just kind of get it. And I and I and again, it's it's like you're in those spaces, but like nobody thinks things are just being handed to them. Girl, I am so fucking tired, right? Of entitlement and lack of accountability. Amen. Amen. No one's gotten this out of me, Annie. Only you could get this out of me. (laughs) I mean, this, I'm telling you, this is the rantiest podcast on earth for a reason because we need to talk about these things. Like, perfect example of- I'm tired of it. This entitlement stuff, it drives me nuts. Like, I have a client, she's got a new podcast. And her podcast is great, but it's new. And so she's going through the stuff that all beginner podcasters go through of like, should I ask this person? How like enthusiastically grateful should I be about having this person? And they put a call out about for podcast guests and all of these people followed the instructions, filled out the form. And then of course, this one dude, this one freaking white dude answered all questions with go to my website. So it's like, what's your unique perspective on this? Go to my website answer this question, go to my website. And it's like, why would, why would they put you on a podcast if you won't even answer a question on a form? Like that is entitlement. That's entitlement. Right. Or like the other thing that I see is like, also like, like, I will say one thing about you and you and me, Annie, like, man, we do not fucking give up. And I know you've been through shit. I know you've been through shit. Everybody's been through shit, right? You still fucking get up again. And we pivot. And you pivot, right? You like you were a financial writer, then you were a small business owner. Now you're running a team. I was doing life coaching. Then I was doing marketing for life coaches. Now I'm teaching sales to coaches. Like it's, we, we evolve. We allow ourselves to evolve. But part of that is getting up and getting back on the horse and being like, well, to what we were talking about at the very beginning, I don't really want to deal with my accounting today, but tough shit. It is what it is. It right. Is and I think is. I, and the thing is, it's a choice. Right. I think at the end of the day, and people don't like hearing that, that it's a choice. It's a fucking choice. Everything's a choice. To get up. Everything's a choice. Every single thing is a choice. And how you show up in your business every single minute is a freaking choice. I didn't think that. I, I didn't understand that not having systems was a choice. I, I mean, I, I had no idea what any of it even meant. I mean, I don't have entrepreneurs in my background. I didn't have access to anything. Yeah. Like I just kind of put one foot in front of the other and kept figuring it out. But, yeah. you know, I look at my, my, my journey and I'm like, fuck, I've seen people give up for way less yes. than what I've, than what I've been through. Yes. Yes. Business. But every single thing, you know, sales avoidance, living in sales avoidance is a choice. Over marketing is a choice. 
chronic, nasty over-delivering was a choice. Not looking at my numbers was a choice. I chose all of these behaviors. And I say that not to beat myself up, but to say, cool, then the the choices bit me in the ass and I realized I had to choose something different. And I think part of the reason why we are still here is we honor the choices we made and we're willing to make other ones too. Yeah. Like I don't have to be right all the time. Oh God. I wish I could be right all the time. I'm wrong exactly. a lot. God. You know? So it's it's really fascinating. But yeah, this lack of accountability and entitlement is like insane. And I don't yes. know if it's, you know, social media making everything worse. But like when I went into entrepreneurship, I just kind of fucking assumed it was going to be hard and I decided to do it anyway. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, this is a perfect segue. Are you ready for this? Let's talk about freaks being held accountable. Amanda, my darling Floridian, what does any of this have to do with the real housewives of everywhere? <laughs> okay, let's preface this by Other saying than drama. Everything, everything we're talking about right now is alleged. Alleged. <laughs> Alleged. alleged all crimes herein are alleged the alleged the party right. minus one are of them who innocent. actually got convicted i was but gonna like, say still. innocent till proven guilty uh, uh support the american justice system all right whatever well you know i find it looks very interesting with real housewives i'm a fan i call it my friend uh aaron lowry called it like brain twinkie <laughs> right? like something yeah no nutritional value, but dang, it tastes good. Sometimes you just need a brain Twinkie, and yep. Real Housewives <laughs> was that, right? <laughs> brain Twinkie. <laughs> Are you okay there, Eddie? I'm just dying. I'm so good. It's like, yeah, it's like it's, it's got no value in my life, but I'm going to eat it. And what's so interesting, I think this is actually what's happened in a lot of online spaces, right? Is like they have a certain like life they have to live up to. Yeah. And what's and what's interesting is how many of them have gotten in trouble with the law. <laughs> right. Right. Um, it's like like if you're it's outlandish like you and obnoxious, eventually you're probably going to do something illegal. Well, I mean, well, one of them like isn't illegal, like Real Housewives right. of Beverly Hills, like that's like um civil suits and things. Yes. But like yes. the one, and I liked her too, Erica Jane. I was like, dang, this girl is a character, right? And then like with the jets and the clothes and the forty thousand dollars a month and hair and makeup and all that stuff, all of which I'm sure is coming back to bite her in the ass with oh, all yeah. these lawsuits, oh, right? Yeah. But it turned out her husband was allegedly right, and this is all civil. There's been no criminal thing, right? Um. Uh, there's been no criminal indictment or anything like that, you know, allegedly um, kind of running like a pyramid scheme yep. type thing. And that's where a lot of the money was coming from. Or now we have this real housewives of Salt Lake City, which I mean, oh, Salt Lake City is coming God. in clutch. Salt Lake City is coming in clutch and basically saving the entire fucking franchise like Salt Lake City and Potomac. <laughs> Salt Lake City right? is like you want like something who new on an old who model. Knew? Let's throw in. Mormonism. What? Let's throw in Mormonism. <laughs> Let's throw in a woman who's married to her step grandpa. Yep. Right. And if that wasn't crazy enough, right now, let's throw in that someone that's been indicted by the feds, <laughs> right? For allegedly, right, running one of the largest telemarketing schemes in the country <laughs> for like 12 years, 
and it was the one with the chalet and the eighty thousand oh dollar parties and she and it was so funny because when anybody asked her for her job she'd be like yeah so you know like that algorithm stuff i'm like the wizard of oz behind the scenes i'm like that shit don't make any sense because mm -hmm. i live in this world i'm like maybe she runs a marketing company I'm yeah like, i was i was very confused by it all well you know here come the feds and i mean Andy Cohen's probably having a field day that literally the entire bus they filmed. So, oh my God. And but it was on this the is season. the thing is like when you're living out loud to that degree, woof. It's similar to the online spaces, right? Because it's like you could either do this the way where you actually build wealth, which, you know, some real housewives have actually really built wealth like the legit way, right? Yeah. Or you can try and do this like the fast money way and it's all fake. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Or, you know, you could just be born into money and then just keep making your money make money. Right. Exactly. Must right. But, nice. but, but for the sake of like business, it's kind of the same thing. Like you could take the route of like, oh, this is going to be so easy. It's going to be great. Or fast money. Like I have this weird fascination with some of these. Speaking of masculine energy, I don't agree with these guys, but fuck, is it entertaining to watch? Like this whole like manosphere universe. Oh, yeah. On YouTube, yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't agree yeah. with, I do agree with some things, right? But I don't agree with everything, right? But it is entertaining to, for, to watch them like interview these only OnlyFans girls thinking that they're going to make money forever. Yeah. Right? And it's kind of like, okay, man, I mean, that's like fast money at 22, but like, what's like the, the solid foundational thing here that's going to take care of you forever? Because eventually this yeah. is done. And then yeah, who's going to have- shelf life. And then this has a shelf life. And then who's going to hire you after you put your vagina all over OnlyFans, right? Like, right. like what, right. what, uh, that would make you the kind of money OnlyFans was making you. That may be the first time that the word vagina has been said on this podcast. <laughs> well, I, I almost wanna... said the P word, but I was like, I don't oh, know if I could too. take it there. <laughs> that works too. I just want to just mark the, the, the first time that word has been said on, on too legitimate to quit. I love it. But it, but it's the same, right? Where it's like, and we see this in the online spaces. It's like, you know, you have people who take shortcuts. They do the bro marketing. They do the manipulative thing or they do the yep. fast money thing, right? And then there's also yep. people like us, right? Who we didn't do we any didn't of do that. that. I mean, I wish you I know? would have made money faster. That would have been Oh, rad. fuck yeah, me too. But, I'm like, I, I feel so behind. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> But there is something to slow and sustainable progress. Yeah. You know, and, and slow and sustainable progress that is snapped to the grid of problem solving, right? Like solve a problem. If you want to make money in a slow, sustainable way, solve real problems and do that well. And then to Grant Cardone's point from before, let people know about why solving that problem is important and why they should pay for it. And why they should pay for it and why it matters. And then to, to his other point, right? Like this will loop it back full circle. Like, why are y'all trying to avoid problems? That was a big game changer for me. Oh, yeah. Tell me more about that. Right. So I think we try to avoid problems. I know my biggest issue with going big is like, I don't want to be judged. I don't, you know, and I think as women, we're also socialized into this. Like we're supposed to be like the nice girl and, and you know, like we don't want to offend people and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and we're also don't know the difference between assertive and aggressive. I'll come back to that point. Ooh. Right. Throwing passive aggressive in there too, right? So take a note. We'll come back to that. But one of the things, but I would want to avoid problems. Like, no, I don't want to be seen because it's going to cause a bunch of problems, 
right? Or I don't want to go big because then we're going to have more clients and more clients is more problems. And I heard him say, no, you should like look for problems because that's where all the money is. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That just completely logical. Why right? would I take Tylenol unless I tell you I have a headache and you say that it'll help my headache? Like, why would we, I just we take wouldn't have economies? Connection? We no. wouldn't have economies unless there were a bunch of fucking problems. Like, no. duh. No. But it's so it's so logical. And I think what happens sometimes, and like I love us women that we feel and we're empathetic and we have intuition and we have all these things, but sometimes we use that shit as a crutch. Yeah. To stop us from moving forward when really it's not that complicated. Well, and there's nothing inherently wrong with moving forward. Yeah. Forward right? is good. Forward is good, right? Or, or um, you know, so, it, so one of the things I appreciate, right? And I think sometimes women are afraid because they don't want to come off as aggressive, right? What's interesting is a lot of them end up doing passive aggressive, but that's a different story. Well, and right? passive aggressive makes it's like worse. weak and bitchy. And bitchy, right? So... One of the things that was so insightful for me, and this was when I was a writer, I don't even remember what article I was writing or what I was researching for, but I literally teach this as a part of my sales training. It was when I learned the difference between passive, assertive, and aggressive, right? So passive is when you value yourself less than the other person you're speaking to. So I would value myself less than Annie, right? That in sales sounds like somebody says, I can't afford it. And you're like, okay, but I'll like reduce it by 50%. Exactly. Or I'll just send you everything. It's okay. It's fine. It's and then also you, like, that thank you for your them. time mentality. Like, thank you so much for letting me waste your time. Uh, not strong. Exactly. Right. Aggressive is when you value yourself more than the other person. Right. So I have yeah. this story from earlier this year before I had like the team that I have now. I was looking for like recruiters or agents. I didn't even really know what the fuck I was looking for to help me find female salespeople. I need women right? Because we help women. I love you men. I do. As I've just talked about how much I love men, but I need women. There's a specific need here. And I was talking to an agency owner and she basically told me that what I'm looking for didn't exist. Right. And I was like, I'm just trying to find a woman who knows how to do inbound and outbound sales. That's a whole other thing. All y'all are learning inbound sales. No one's teaching you outbound. Outbound, baby. Outbound. Outbound, baby. All the the fucking money's in the outbound, right? Like, Right. I mean, you need both, but you know what I mean. Right. Um, And I was like, I need someone who understands outbound and inbound. So I guess I had started with the outbound things that I needed and she immediately shut me down. She's like, oh, we don't do that. And I'm like, "Um, "Okay, let me finish (laughs) before you like shut me down. I'm like, you own a fucking sales agency like this. And also you're saying you don't do out like what? Right. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. Right. But Mm. she went on to tell me that I'm never going to find what I'm looking for. Right. And then said, and then I'm like, okay, uh, I literally am what I'm looking for. And I train female business owners who do outbound sales all the time. And I used to be a recruiter. I know that there's women who know how to do outbound sales. Again, we may be freaks, but we exist. But we exist, right? Maybe we're not like as prevalent, but we exist, right? And then um, then she she was like, Oh, but we're like professional inbound salespeople. I'm like, oh, so you take orders. Understood. That's what I was thinking in my head, right? Got it. You take orders, but you don't really know how to sell. Understood. Right. And then she says, I don't think we're a good fit to work together. And I said, I agree. Yeah. Bye. Oh, she did not like that. Of course she didn't because she was coming in aggressive. Because she was coming in all aggressive. That's You're playing aggressive. with her power struggle and therefore that's she can't aggression. And that's aggression. 
in sales, right? Assertive is when you value yourself equally, right? So for example, someone hands you an objection, you handle, you know, you acknowledge it and you handle it and then you proceed to disregard it and move on. (laughs) Oh my God. I, because you're right. It's, it's people are, and, and the people that I see in the nail, in the non-Stacy sales Academy are coming in passive because they don't want to come off aggressive, right? So they're coming in feeling like in order to sell and sell well, they have to come in and be like, fuck you, pay me. But in order to not do that, they swing way wide into the, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I promise I'll keep it quick. Like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa, passive. Whoa. There is so much in that assertion lane. And the beautiful thing about assertion is that when I show up in an assertive, equal, excited, amplified place to what we were talking about before, it's infectious, it's electric, it's contagious, you can feel it, and it empowers the person on the other end of the transaction to buy into that energy because I'm saying, look, I'm gung-ho, I'm here, I'm excited, I want to see if we're a fit, you're here too, let's get you on board. And then you either decide together whether it's a fit or not. But yes, when somebody comes in aggressive on you and then you're like, yeah, I'm not hiring you. Of course, they're going to turn a little bitchy. Yeah, they're all bitchy. That's a great word, right? Or passive aggressive is when, because I should add that one to the lesson. Passive aggressive, because when I was training, I was like, oh, I hadn't realized that one before, right? Passive aggressive is like, yeah, I'll send this to you. But then under your breath, you're like, fuck you. How did you not see what the fuck I was trying to do? Right. Uh, God, yeah. I, guess, I guess I'll do the work of closing this sale, idiot. <laughs> so. So it's passive aggressive, right? So we really, we want to get to assertive and assertive is not bad. It'll help you with everything in your life. And the other thing I've seen is women are afraid of becoming masculine, right? And I'm like, um, I know how to turn it off when I'm with guys and let them be in their masculine. I also just don't care. Like too much. And if anything, Right. But I mean, you know what I mean? Like they're afraid yeah. that they're going to emasculate men. But again, yeah, it's they're because they're going to emasculate men. They're going to or they're going to make themselves hawkish or or hawkish or yeah. or whatever. Like they think they have to turn into a dude yeah. in order to do it. I'm like, you don't have to turn into a dude. In fact, no. that would not work. Right. No. But you do need to understand. You do need to take the things that they understand that yeah. work and make it your own. Heck yes. You know, so. And. and and actually, the my male suitors have gotten much better since I got more assertive. <laughs> I, just, I just married a man with high feminine energy. So, you know, it works out well. But the... Yeah, and it's like whoever, it's it's what you want, right? But like right. I would talk to it's a lot of women who are like, want. I want a really masculine guy. And I'm like, me too. Cool. Right? Good for you. Exactly. Good for you, right? But like you becoming more assertive, if anything, makes you more attractive because then you actually have boundaries. And now I feel like we have like a viewing assignment because now on any episode of any franchise of Real Housewives, everybody can sit there and play passive, passive, aggressive, assertive with every conversation. Everybody, you could be like, actually, that's a really great thing to do with Real Housewives, passive, aggressive or assertive. (laughs) Right. They're sitting there at like dinner throwing drinks in each other's faces. And you're like, well, that was aggressive. That was aggressive. And that was passive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that right? was that was aggressive. I don't think there would be very much assertion. It would probably no, be more passive I, aggressive. Well, assertion is passive aggressive or passive. <laughs> that's too that's too uh that's too constructive 
and 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 healthy for housewives. So yeah, so everybody it wouldn't be entertaining. That's no, it it wouldn't be fun to watch. No, it really wouldn't. All right, I got two more questions for you on that vein. So everybody, first off, your homework is coming later, but for right now, everybody, go turn on an episode of Real Housewives of anywhere and play passive versus aggressive. And additionally, then I want you to get on your next sales call and make sure you're not modeling any of those behaviors. Assertion only y'all. But Amanda, let's get real aggro for a second here. And let's imagine that you are at an event, a Real Housewives type dinner party event, because you know the shit always goes down over dinner with glasses of wine. You are about to tell off a piece of the entrepreneurship business industry. What are you throwing your drink in the face of and what do you want to say to that thing? Let's get real aggro at a piece of this industry. Pink lipstick and champagne marketing because it's just the female versioning of version of bro sales. That's true. Over pinkness. Right. And I have pink. I like pink. Right. But I'm saying like the marketing of it where like there's no fucking... Right. There's no fucking substance. There's no strategy. There's nothing tactical. There's nothing. I mean, that's how right? I feel about all breast cancer campaigns. I mean, that's also me biased because my dad is a breast cancer survivor and everything is freaking pink. But when we pink wash things to that degree, it does kind of give it a vapidity. Yeah. Right. But but it's it's not even that. It's also like the oh, oh, I got a good one. Wow. The whole the whole um, oh my gosh, like chastising people for not buying from you. Oh my God. Oh, well, if you don't want to make this investment right now, that just means that you're really not in it for it, for the win. Oh yeah. I guess you're not as dedicated as I thought you were. I guess you're not as dedicated as I thought you, bitch, that just means you don't know how to handle objections. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Shitty objection handling. We are throwing this hot coffee in your face. We are throwing this cheap Chardonnay in your face bad objection handlers we're doing it amanda we're coming right because that's manipulation that's not objection handling they are not the same thing a billion trillion zillion billion zillion percent clearly you and i need to talk more than once a decade my love i feel like you are so good for my soul you are getting my little Anger fired up in the most passionate, exciting way. And anger can be motivating if it's done with that white hot fire of love. And I have that white hot fire of love for you, my dear. Oh, Annie, like literally no one gets me talking like this on podcasts except maybe you. (laughs) That's what I want. That's, that's That's why I'm on this earth. But for everybody out there who needs some of your fire, how do they find you? How do they start a conversation with you? Yeah. So the best place to start an actual conversation would be Instagram at Amanda Abeo. Just DM me. Right. And then say you came from Annie's show. I'm literally in the DMs all day long um, on Instagram. And then the other places you can check out my podcast, Make Money Your, you just go to makemoneyyourhoney.com and you can get everything there. And then we actually just released our YouTube channel. So for people who want to get much better sales skills, we're starting to release. Actually, we have one coming out tomorrow. I'm the best entrepreneurship books of 2021 and seller be sold was on the list <laughs> yeah uh, and i said stick it to the last one because that there's only one you have to read this one because if you don't understand this one none of the other fucking books i told you about even matter <laughs> mike mccallowitz right mike mccallowitz was on the list too for clockwork 
right? Um, he's great. I had him on my podcast too. Um, he's fantastic. So go to um, YouTube and search for Make Money Your Honey and subscribe because we're we're talking more about some of those skills. And you mentioned like money traumas and our stories about money. We just released a video about that last week. So, well, darling, it's been real. Congratulations on a decade. Congratulations of to you, ass. Annie, on everything. Oh, oh, you haven't changed a bit. Like, you haven't changed a bit. I, except that we're more successful and have systems. I Good think for we're us. I, I think, I we're think we do things smarter. Yeah. And I think we're aging beautifully. Oh, yeah, girl. Yeah. You know, I got carded the other day. I was like, yeah. You're like, yes, moisturizer. What? <laughs> Everybody else, I will be back in just a second with my final thought and your homework for the week. Well, hey there, listeners. Isn't Amanda a powerhouse? It is so good to sit down with someone that knew me at the very beginning of my striving, who took the cousin path of my own and wound up absolutely kicking all of the ass. Now, as a general rule, I don't like to say I'm proud of people, as to me that implies I had a hand in whatever the accomplishment was, but I will say I am delighted and comforted by the mid to late 30-somethings that two idealistic 20-year-olds grew into. Thinking about how far I've come is inevitable in this case, you know, because Amanda was there. And if I'm being honest, I have often worried that I was losing my shiny with age, that the fire that fueled a Crayola red-haired pixie who just wanted people to be happy and whimsical and grow into their dreams was fading. But Amanda said I haven't changed a bit. And I heard that as still got it. My shininess isn't gone. I'm just too used to it. To use my daddy's favorite word, I've become inured to what makes me special and the sheer jaw-droppingly fabulous accomplishment that is staying in business month after month, year after year, pandemic be damned. And I see this in my clients too. In the celebration portion of each group call, at least one of my clients will tone down their accomplishments while saying it. It didn't hit my stretched goal, but my podcast ranked well last week, I guess. So I guess that's what I'm celebrating. Hmm. Part of the reason I make them celebrate on each call is so that they get lovingly called out on this behavior by their peers. Hey, they'll squawk. Come on. I remember how terrified you were to launch that dang podcast. Now look at you gaining listeners every day, putting your words out there like it's easy. They hold each other accountable, but also to their own brilliance and progress. So your homework this week is simple and profound. Look back to the very beginning of your self-employment dream, whether that was a month ago, a decade ago, or more. Then I want you to make a list of all the firsts that you've slayed since then. First landing page, first webinar, first hiring, first firing, first title, first funnel, First Facebook Live, first podcast interview, first business loan, first everything, because it all moves the needle in one way or another. It's hard to see the learning curve when we are riding it like a roller coaster, but once it's all itemized, win by win, without apology, understanding how far we've come can be wholly life-affirmingly thrilling in between the scary bits. Hey, thanks for listening. 
Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and me, your host, Annie P. Ruggles. Listen, we talk a lot about marketing on this show, and that's because I fully, earnestly believe that every dime and every moment we spend marketing is totally worth it unless we turn around and sabotage ourselves at the finish by refusing to sell and sell beautifully. Why? A lot of us have a misconception of what selling actually requires of us or who it needs us to be. Please give me the opportunity to help change your mind at www.nonsleazy.com. That's N-O-N-S-L-E-A-Z-Y.com. Big shout out to the fabulous dudes who helped make this show what it is. My producer and editor, Andrew Sims of Hypable Impact. My composer, Riley Herbastio and my show artist, Francois Vigneault. They're all fabulous, and I'd be glad to introduce you. Until next week, just do your best, and remember, you're too legitimate to quit.